Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. These are the MMA Minutes. I am your host, Sean Anderson, and alongside me, as always, is Danny Gutierrez. What's our, going on, Sean? Our, How are you? Our fighting expert. Uh, I'm fighting good. expert. I, I try. I do my best. I, I, I try. I, I am good. Uh, I am on a four-fight card winning streak. Listen, listen. Let's not. Let's not. Let's rub not it in. what? Let's not rub it in. I'm just right saying, now. I'm on a four fight card win streak, <laughs> and I'm gonna make it five here, and I'm going to take a, a you know a, a huge lead uh, in our pickums, and uh, we we have we have the the granddaddy of them all. We thought the granddaddy of them all was in July when UFC two two uh, two hundred happened, but now we have UFC two hundred five. We're previewing this card, uh, the first fight card that's gonna be happening in Madison Square Garden for the UFC. It's about the f- time. First fight card to be happening in New York in about 15, 13 years, something crazy for the It's been a very UFC. long time. It's been it, well over 10 years. been a long time coming, and we are glad that it's back. I'm super excited for it. I know Danny's super excited for oh, it. Oh, I'm ecstatic. I can't wait for this fight. This is such a crazy card. I can't wait. This is just stacked from top to bottom. It is completely stacked top to bottom, and that's why we're doing a special edition where we're talking about every single fight here, and we're going to pick every single fight. And we're going to start off here with the UFC, pass, uh, UFC fight pass prelims here. First fight, we got Liz Carmouche, the uh, USA vet, I believe. Yeah, uh, she taking, is. She's a former Marine. She's a former Marine taking on Caitlin Chikugian. And we we took about, like, you know, five minutes trying to pronounce her name. Because, right. Because, you know, we ha- we, we know Joanna John Jacek, and, and we, we can pronounce that one because she's been in our mind. But And Karolina Kovalkiewicz. Yeah, and, and I believe uh, Chikugian, this is our second fight in the UFC. Uh, but looking at this fight, do you like the former Marine in Karmush, who almost beat Ronda Rousey back at UFC 151, I believe, or do you like the uh, new and up-and-comer in Chikugian? I really do like the new up-and-comer in Caitlin Chikugian. She is undefeated. She's riding that mean streak, and she's a CFFC um, flyweight champion, mm-hmm. not bantamweight champion, flyweight champion. Yeah, flyweight. Um, she's going up in weight, and you know, she if she can carry the weight very well, I, I believe that she could overtake Liz Carmouche because Liz Carmouche Liz Carmouche is a very good fighter she likes to come forward a lot she's a very powerful grappler as well but I think I think Caitlin's going to stay undefeated I think she's going to use her strikes to stay on the outside and if they get into the clinch I'd, I'd I've seen her I've seen her fight on the ground and she's not necessarily uh, a, a picnic there either so she's very deadly everywhere she goes she's extremely well-rounded I'm picking Caitlin. Yeah, it's. I want to pick Carmouche just because of her history. I mean, she's fought so many tough people. She's, she's been around for a very long time. And she has a win over Jessica Andrade. She has a win over. Uh, she she fought Misha Tate. She's fought Alexis Davis. She's obviously fought Ronda Rousey. So I mean, I want to pick her because she has that veteran experience. But also, she hasn't fought since April four of twenty fifteen. And when she did last fight, she fought Lauren Murphy. And Caitlin Chikugian's first one in the UFC was against Lauren Murphy. But that was back in July. So the the one thing is is the rust might be a problem for Carmouche. The ring here. Around the yeah. timing of it all. So I think I think it's going to be tough to to go away from a person who is up and coming, who who has fresh legs, going up against Carmouche, who who is the older fighter. So I'm also going to be taking Caitlin Chikugian here as well. I think that it's going to be uh, a decision. It might get the uh, MSG crowd a, a little. Yeah, I don't want to say it's going to be a boring fight, but I think it's going to be. A oh, Caitlin's slow, wild. I think it's going to be Caitlin's a slow wild. Grinder. Yeah, Caitlin's a wild striker. She'll throw a lot of crazy stuff. She'll throw a lot of uh, spinning wheel kicks and spinning back fists. And, and Carmouche does have powerful hands, but I, th- I think that it's going to be more of a grinding fight. But let's move on now to the other fight taking pla- uh, taking place on the UFC fight pass early prelims we have Jim Miller taking on Tiago Alves and this one's going this to be, be a the debut of Tiago Alves at lightweight and unfortunately he didn't make it yeah, weighing he, in at 162 this morning mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, so it's gonna be gonna be a catchweight. Jim Miller did accept the fight, uh, so he will be getting uh, good uh, some, on him. Some purse on him. Good I mean, on him. Jim Miller's a Jim Miller's a vet. Jim Miller he's knows a dog. how to do it. He's yeah. such a monster. He's it, so tough. He's coming off a win over Joe Lozon. Some people saying he didn't win, but still great fight. They all, that was a very close fight. Yeah, and th- and those two obviously put on a, a show. A, that when was the first fight. Fight of the night. Well. Both times. Yeah. Both in both outings. So now we will look at Tiago Alves making his kind of lightweight debut, even though it's going to be a catchweight, and he will be taking on Jim Miller. Who do you like? Do you like? Jim Miller, or do you like Tiago Alves? I'm going to pick Jim Miller on this one. He's a, He's been acclimated to 155 for a while. He's not going to be drained. He's got that wrestling. He's got very good boxing skills. He's got very heavy hands when he puts those combinations together. Tiago Alves is a very good uh, kickboxer as well. He likes to use uh, three jabs, maybe two jabs, and then utilize that leg kick. He's got a powerful straight right and a lead uh, left hook, and that's due to his Muay Thai prowess. That being said, when it comes to the ground, guys like John Fitch and uh, the first fight with Papi Abetti, even though he won that fight, they were in his face, utilizing the clinch, utilizing the cage to suffocate him and take away that space, the attack of Tiago Alves. That's why I'm picking Jim Miller. I yeah. think he's just going to just take him over for three rounds. Really, I mean, since the GSP loss, he's been back and forth, win, loss, win, loss. And then when he came back in 2014, Tiago Alves, uh, you know, he, he had the two fight, the two wins, and then he lost to Condit. And, and it's usually tough to pick these catchweight ones because uh, Oliveira last uh, fight card he did lose against Lamas, and Lamas yes, did take did. the fight. But usually we do see the guys who he got choked out. He choked. He, he did. Lamas choked out. I think Charles I, Oliveira. I think I also called that. I think yes, I called it was. The second yeah, round yeah, choke. It, it was one of those ones. Yes. Um, but I, I think I think the fact that. Elvis is going to be wanting to put on a show because he did miss miss weight, and I think that his hands are just going to be too heavy. I think that he's still going to be in that range of 170 where he's still comfortable in weight. He's going to be a little, uh, uh, you know, obviously a little uh, lighter, but I still think that Tiago Elvis is going to be able to put on a show. Even though I think Jim Miller is a fantastic fighter, I think Tiago Elvis will get it just because the weight difference actually might be play a huge advantage here. So I'll take the pit bull in this one. And let's move weighing on now it, to excuse the prelims. Me, I, yeah. I, I must interject. Mm-hmm. Weighing it at 162, that, that takes a lot out of your body when you're used to cutting down to 170. Yeah. The extra eight pounds could take a lot out of his body. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Did he, looked, he, looked, he looked fairly gaunt. He looked fairly fairly gaunt when he was weighing in this morning. He looked kind of like Skeletor, not mm-hmm. too much, not too bad. But if he were at one fifty five, I wonder what he would have looked like. So I th- I, I think the cardio for Jim Miller is just going to take over. Yeah, and, and we do have uh, a while now. I mean, they, since they do have the early weigh-ins that uh, happen at nine a.m., he does have a fairly while, uh, fairly decent amount of time uh, to rehydrate and get back up right. to. Uh, to, to a weight that he's normal uh, normal at training at and fighting at. But let's move on now to the prelims. We have a Chicago fighter. We got Bilal Muhammad uh, taking on Vincent. Remember the name, Bilal <laughs> yeah. Muhammad. Bilal Muhammad taking on Vincente Luque. Uh, who do you like in this fight and why? I like Bilal Muhammad. I think his power is going to get it done. I think his forward pressure is going to get it done. And Vicente Luque is a very dynamic uh, striker as well as Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. He's a brown belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he's a purple belt in uh, Luta, Luta Libre, which is basically um, uh Brazilian shoot wrestling, uh, catch wrestling, submission wrestling. So Vicente Luque is very versatile off the ground. And that being said, I think I, I think Bilal Muhammad is just going to use his power to get it done here. Yeah, I mean, with with Luque and Muhammad, I mean, these guys are are, are pretty fresh to the UFC scene. They are. We, I mean, they have had similar a, records too. Yeah, they've they've had uh, uh, I think a couple fights, both of them uh, under their record in the UFC. So I haven't seen enough to be like, all right, these guys are up and coming. But I haven't seen enough to say I don't know if these guys are going to be future UFC fighters. Uh, but I I think that really I have to go with the Chicago and just because he is more of a Chicago and just and and because I I don't know. 
enough stylistic wise uh, if Muhammad will will really be able to because he puts on a lot of pressure. He, yes, he, he does. He, he averages about like five five strikes a minute. He he does uh, significant strikes per minute, so he, he does put on a lot of pressure here. And, and I just think that. Uh, if Luke does want to take it to the ground, though, he might be able to against Muhammad just because of the uh, the the uh, brown belt uh, jujitsu, uh, the brown belt and jujitsu he does have. So I think I think that it's going to be a, a contested fight. Uh, but ultimately, I think that I'll go Bilal Muhammad. I think he might be able to knock him out in the second round, and and it might be more something where. Luke does go for a takedown, and then he's able to cu- catch him with an uppercut. Uh, but I, but I'll take Bilal Muhammad here. So we've agreed on two fights so far, and, and let's move on now. we got Rafael Natal taking on Tim Bosch uh, in a middleweight fight. Who do you like in this one? Do you like Bosch the Barbarian, or do you like Natal? I really like Rafael Natal because of the fact that he's got that, that high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and his striking is developing. Mm-hmm. When he fought Robert Whitaker, even though he lost, he was utilizing defensive angles very well, and he was bro- blocking very well. He was also u- utilizing that jab leg kick very well, and it actually slowed down the attack of Robert Whitaker. And Tim Bosch, even though he's got that win over the late Josh Salmon, rest in peace. Um, I think that I, I, I think that it's 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 been too long for Tim Bosch. I think he's taken a little bit too much punishment over his uh, career. That's why I'm taking Rafael Naital. I think he's either going to submit him or knock him out. Yeah, and before that, that win uh, um, with Bosch, he had a, he had a pretty long losing streak, losing to Dan Henderson. Uh, so I think Natal he's he's up and coming, and Bosch is more of that guy on the down uh, on, on the decline of his career where he might you know possibly still stay with the UFC, but he might be uh, on early prelim fights just because he does have that power. And to Tim Bosch is powerful in the clinch too. He's got mm-hmm. heavy hands. He's got very good wrestling, but sometimes that does get him into trouble because he did shoot a takedown on Luke Rockhold, the former UFC middleweight champion, and he got triangled and got in a whole bunch of trouble on the ground. He was threatened with a Kimura, and he was mounted with a inverted mounted triangle, so he was just in a lot of trouble because of that wrestling. So I, that's why I gave it to Natal. I think he's just more diverse in every facet of 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 his attack. Yeah, and there's some there's something too with with, with Natal where you know he is 33 years old and Bosch is 35, but there's there's a difference in in like MMA years where right the, those those 35 years of Bosch, you know the 29 fights he's had in his career, he's taken a lot of damage. Uh, and I think Natal, he, he's he's the fresher fighter, and I think that's going to be the the big key. Well, here. Natal has been knocked out by Tim Kennedy, who was supposed to fight on this card against Rashad Evans, but mm-hmm. that's okay. We don't like to talk about that. It's going to happen at UFC 206. They, uh, yes. They've rescheduled it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll take I'll take Natal. Let's move on now. A, and a fighter that I have not been able to talk about. Uh, Your on, favorite fighter on the MMA minutes. Uh, my favorite fighter here. We got Habib Nurmagomedov taking on Michael Jackson, uh, Michael Johnson. And uh, Danny, first tell tell us what how Michael Johnson can win, and then I'll tell you <laughs> why Habib Nurmagomedov is, is going, going to, to stop win. him. <laughs> Michael Johnson's got very heavy hands. He's very powerful. Um, he's got very. He's a knock guard artist. He just knocked out Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. He likes to. Utilizes uh, footwork and head movement, and working working with the Black Zillions. Um, he's working with Henry Hooft in that Dutch style of kickboxing. So that's very that's that's been very um complimenting to his striking game. It's actually amped up his striking game. It's taken it to a whole new level, and you see that time and time again. Uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov is just amazing, and I'll I'll let you take over because. Well, the thing with Habib is, I mean, obviously he has the UFC record for most takedowns in a fight with 22. And, I mean, Habib is, he doesn't look strong. I mean, if you look at his legs, he's got chicken legs. But the fact that he has just got so much power and the way that he wrestles with a Sambo background, 
it's just something uh, of just pure imagination watching him because it's just <laughs> if it's going if he wants it to go to the ground it will go to the ground. The one thing though is he's never fought a, a striker like Michael Johnson as deadly as Michael Johnson. Yeah, yeah, and and people will bring up that he fought RDA, but that wasn't the same RDA that was the lightweight champion. That was an RDA who was trying to stay off of the ground rather than get off on his own attack. Yeah, and I, I know that I know that that was his last pretty much big win was was RDA. He did have the win over Daryl Horcher back in April, but. Daryl Horcher was a guy a that filled in, filled in for, for Tony Ferguson. The newcomer. Here. So I think that ultimately, I think that Habib does have a fantastic shot if it goes to the ground here, but I think that it's going to be a great fight because Michael Johnson does pose This is pose going to so be many, a great fight. It's going to be a very explosive fight. Yeah, Michael Johnson does pose so many threats uh, standing up, and obviously we saw that in, in the Nate uh, fight uh, that Michael Johnson had, you really need to beat Michael Johnson with pressure. Mm-hmm. And if you let him stay back and get comfortable in the pocket, that's what's going to be dangerous. So I think that Habib pressuring him with takedowns is going to be the key here. So if Michael Johnson can defend the takedown, which he obviously can because he has an 81% takedown uh, defense in his career, uh, I, I think that's the way that Michael Johnson will win. But I'm, I'm going to take Habib. I think Habib will, will, will wear him down in a three-round decision. And I would not be surprised if he called out Eddie Alvarez or, or Conor McGregor after that fight because Tony Ferguson, while Tony Ferguson Ferguson did look really impressive against RDA last week. Yes, he did. He did not he call, very dominant. He did not call anyone out, and we've really seen if you really call your call someone out and really put yourself out there, that's how you get a title shot. And I think Habib might be able to cement him into that title shot uh, decision fully if if he does call out one of the one of the champions, whoever does win. Arguably, for the best lightweights in the world are fighting on this card with Khabib, with Michael Johnson, and the two gentlemen who we're going to be talking about later. But we'll save that for later. We'll see how McGregor does a lightweight in the UFC. But uh, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, I'm picking Nurmagomedov. Who are you picking? Um, I'd pick. I'm going to pick um, Khabib as well. Uh, Michael Johnson. You're going to see him try to utilize the center of the octagon. He's going to. He's he's not going to want to be against the cage. Mm-hmm. He's going to want to use his footwork and stay at the center of the octagon and utilize that boxing, utilize those uppercuts and those knees because, rest, um, excuse me, when, uh, Khabib is going to be shooting for that takedown and he's going to be wrestling for that takedown. So I, I could see Michael Johnson utilizing an uppercut and a knee. You're going to be seeing a lot of that, but I think I think Khabib's, uh, I think he's just going to set, I think Khabib's just going to set up his takedowns with a striking, excuse me, um, and he's just going to put him up against the cage and suffocate him, take him down and beat him up. And I think, I think Khabib is... It's gonna gonna stay undefeated. I think he's gonna be twenty four and zero. I always knew you're smart. Anyways, let's move on to the <laughs> final fight on the prelims. We have the featherweight fight between Frankie Edgar my and Jeremy Stevens. He's is pr- Frankie Edgar. Three of my top favorite fighters are on this I card. I love you got, Frankie. You Edgar. got Habib. You he's got, got f- the biggest heart in UFC. The hardest chin. Never been knocked out. And one of the nicest guys. Yes. And one of the absolutely. nicest guys. Former uh, former UFC lightweight champion. Mm-hmm. And just came off a loss to Jose Aldo in a great fight at UFC two hundred. But yeah, three of my favorite fighters: Habib, Frankie, and Conor McGregor. Your favorite fighter. In Frankie Edgar. So, what can uh, Frankie do against Jeremy Stevens to get the win? He utilizes speed and his straight punches, and of course, utilize that vintage wrestling. As soon as uh, Jeremy Stevens loads up on an overhand right, shoot for that takedown. As soon as uh, Jeremy Stevens picks up the leg for a kick or a knee or anything of the sort, shoot in for that leg and go for the takedown. He's off balance. If he's if his back is against the cage, Frankie's going to use that boxing and those kicks from the outside, and then shoot in on an awkward angle and eventually get that single leg takedown. He's got a very high level Brazilian Jiu Jitsu game. Uh, working with Ricardo Almeida at Hedzo Gracie in uh, in uh, New Jersey. Excuse mm-hmm. me, I had a brain fart there. <laughs> yeah, and um, I I think he's gonna get it, get it done against Jeremy Stevens. And I think when as soon as this fight happens, as soon as the bell rings, Jeremy Stevens is just gonna come out hands blazing. Just he's he's got 
very heavy hands. He's got monstrous striking. It's going to be a very interesting fight to watch, but I think Frankie's going to take it. And, and we all know the, the weight of victory for Jerry Stevens. It's it's his punching it's power. It's the knockout. Yeah, it, it's his punching power. He's and, a knockout artist. He, he prides himself on that. Yeah, and we've seen that consistently throughout his career. And, and I think the one thing, though, uh, with Frankie is that we've seen that he has a fantastic chin. Uh, all throughout his career, and the one thing about the Aldo fight that he was able to do was that he was able to put a lot of pressure on uh, Jose Aldo, and the one thing that Jose Aldo really won the fight on was, was the, the counters was the, was the counters and the significant strikes that he landed. So yes. if Jeremy Stevens does go with the Jose Aldo approach, which is very difficult to do because Jose Aldo is one of the best featherweights of all time, but if he does go with the uh, Jose Aldo approach of more counterpunching and, and using those heavy hands, I think that's the way he can win, but ultimately I think Frankie is going to use that pressure, and I think that's going to be uh, too much for Jeremy Stevens where he won't be able to counter, he won't be able to have that quick reaction. I think Frankie will be able to pressure him enough and, and squeak out a decision here. I think Frankie's going to be a ghost in there against Jeremy Stevens. Not to say that Jeremy Stevens mm-hmm. can't win. I think Frankie's just going to be too too fast, too quick. He's going to be in and out. He's going to utilize those angles in that boxing, working with Mark Henry. I think he's just going to take over Jeremy Stevens. And, and plus, he's going to be working. He's pretty much has the mindset of a champion too, since he's been working with Eddie Alvarez this whole fight camp since they both uh, are are from Mark Henry's camp. Uh, and it's it's weird. We've been agreeing a lot, but but let's move on now to the main card. It's we a have, high stakes right now, man. It is. <laughs> we, we are now moving to the main card here, where we have former. Uh, bantamweight women's champion Misha Tate taking on Raquel Pennington and Misha Tate was actually the coach of Raquel, yeah, she Raquel was. Pennington uh, on the Ultimate Fighter when uh, Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey squared off so in this do you like Tate to bounce back after a loss from Nunez she didn't have problem weight cutting this time which is obviously uh, a bit huge for her because she had a very, a very, a very difficult time uh, weight cutting uh, for the Nunez fight or do you have Raquel Pennington I have Tate winning this fight. I think she's going to get it done with her wrestling. I think she's just going to suffocate Raquel Pennington. Raquel Pennington's actually very, she's a very good counter uh, striker as well. She's got very good striking defense. She's pretty decent on the ground, um, defensively speaking. Um, I, but I think Misha Tate's just going to outclass her with her wrestling. Yeah, it, it's difficult to go against Tate just because she is one of the most resilient fighters we've seen in the UFC, and she's one of the hardest people to beat. And, and the way that Amanda Nunez beat her at, at UFC 200 was one of the most shocking things uh, that I've seen because, I mean— Very dominant. Really Very Ra- explosive. Ronda wasn't able to do that to Misha Tate. I mean, Misha Tate was one of the ones that actually was able to take— uh, Ronda to the third round. Ronda to the third round. So it, it's difficult to say, I mean, outside of the, the fight they had in Strike Force, but at least in the UFC— I think that Misha is just too resilient to to really to, to really lose this fight again. I I, I mean we haven't seen her lose. Her confidence two, should be should be at at max right now. Yeah, we haven't seen her lose two straight since she lost to Kat Zingano and then lost to Ronda. So I don't think she's going to lose two straight here. I think that Misha Tate's resiliency is going to be be huge here because Raquel Pennington. Uh, I think I think that they're very similar fighting, very similar fighting styles. But Misha Tate is obviously a, a world class fighter here, and I think Raquel Pennington former strike force trying to get up there. and UFC women's bantamweight champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Misha Tate's going to be going to be too good to beat on a Saturday, and we were supposed to be talking about Kelvin Gastelum and Donald Cerrone. But, but unfortunately, it's not happening, so but, let's move on. But Kelvin Gastelum <laughs> did miss weight here, so uh, Donald Cerrone has actually now been rescheduled uh, to fight at UFC 206 against Matt Brown, uh, so we will see Cowboy soon, and uh, and it's, it would be weird not seeing Cowboy. I mean, obviously Cowboy, the consummate professional, always being able to, uh, to make weight and always showing up. So. Yes, but I would imagine that Kelvin Gastelum, he is going to get in trouble over this one because mm-hmm. this isn't the first time that he has missed weight, especially on the day of weigh-ins. Yeah. I w- it would be unfortunate to see another Ultimate Fighter winner go due to this, but mm-hmm. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he got cut after this fight. Yeah, and I don't think he's ever going to go up to 185. I don't think he's ever going to make the jump up to middleweight because I, don't I think, think he's so too either. small. I think he's too small as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I, it, it might be a situation where he might have to— I mean, we he, he his last fight against Johnny Hendricks, uh, obviously both of those fighters have trouble making weight uh, consistently. So, I mean, may, maybe he needs to go— Gastelum go with, made the weight, and Hendricks did not Yeah, but, that outing. But may, maybe maybe you have to go with uh, Mike Dolce, who's, who's never missed a, a weight cut. Right. His fighters never missed a weight cut, but— Gastelum definitely needs to change something, or uh, I don't think his time in the UFC will be lasting longer. Anyways, let's move to guys that did make weight. We have a middleweight fight here between Yuelo Romero, who is not lost in the UFC, and we have Chris Weidman, who is the former middleweight champion who knocked out Anderson Silva and is coming off a loss against Luke Rockhold. Who do you like in this fight? I really like Yuelo Romero. I think his striking is going to get it done. I think his power is going to get it done. He does tend to tire out over the course of a, a very long fight. However, mm-hmm. this is a three-round fight, and Chris Weidman would you, would be smart to utilize uh, this th- his cardio and his chin in a five-round fight. This is not a five-round fight. This is a three-round uh, middleweight fight. I'm picking Yoel Romero because he's got that power. Yeah, I'm going to go against you here. Mark Munoz, Damian Maia, Anderson Silva twice, Leota Machido, Vitor Belfort. These are all guys that Chris, Chris Weidman's got beat. a very impressive record. He does, and Chris Weidman's a very impressive fighter. I'm not taking away from Yoel Romero here, but I think that Chris Weidman is going to be so motivated by this MSG crowd because he is a New York-born fighter, the only New York-born uh, fighter in this card. He's, he's one of the guys that fought to get the UFC uh, in in New York, legalized in New York, or at least MMA legalized in New York, and, and to have UFC put on uh, this event in New York, I think that's going to be a huge motivation factor for Chris Weidman. I think Chris Weidman's going to win this one, and I think we're going to see him call out Michael Bisping, and we're going to have Bisping versus Weidman for that middleweight belt because Weidman's pretty much calling out Bisping, saying, who have you beaten? I've beaten these guys to get my belt, and you beat Dan Henderson, and, and you stepped in and beat Rockhold, where Rockhold wasn't even taking the fight serious. So I think I think Weidman's going to be motivated. That was Rockhold's fault. That was Rockhold's <laughs> And that fault. was Rockhold's fault. That wasn't and, Chris Weidman's fault. That wasn't Michael yeah. Bisping's fault. That was Rockhold's fault. Yeah, but I, I'll take I'll take Weidman here. We're differing there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Romero won, but I, I think I think Chris Weidman's going to put the pressure on him, and I think that's how Chris Weidman is going to win. And let's move on to the first of three title fights here. Yes. We have Joanna, yes. we have Joanna John Jacek taking on Karolina Kovacavich. Who do you like in this fight? Does the strawweight champion Joanna retain, or does the fellow former fight? Uh, f- I'm sorry, former, the, fe- the fellow Polish fighter yes. uh, get the win? I love both of these girls because they come to fight. Joanna Janjacek is a very dynamic striker. She's a blood and guts fighter. She loves just just she loves just making her opponents suffer. Mm-hmm. She loves getting in their faces. She loves just overwhelming them with strikes at very different angles, very odd angles as well. And she's a high volume striker too. She does not stop striking. She does not stop coming. She's forward. a machine. Yes, if you take her down, she will get back up and start striking again. If you get in the clinch with her, she's going to look to pummel and get to a dominant position in the Muay Thai clinch and start raining elbows and knees. She's always attacking. She's always looking for the attack. She's always looking for the finish. Karolina Kovalkiewicz is the same way. She's the same fighter. However, I feel like she's a little bit less versatile in her attack. I don't see a lot of punches from Karolina Kovalkiewicz. I think Joanna Jacek's going to get it win because of her diversity in there. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Joanna and this did... is a very tough fight. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that this is going to be a bloody fight. And I, can, and I would not be surprised if this fight went off five rounds in one fight of the night because both girls are extremely tough. Both girls are undefeated. Both girls got really heated and in their faces at the press conference as well. So 
there's there's high emotions in this fight, and they're both Polish Polish uh, representatives. So I cannot wait for this fight. I, I I fully agree with you. I think this is definitely going to be fight on the night here. I think I think this is fully going to be the fight on the night here, just because look at UFC 189. What was the fight that was being covered? Chad yeah. Mendes versus Conor McGregor. What was that co-main event? You want to check? No, no. Robbie Lawler and, and oh, Rory yes, McDonald. Oh yes, that's right, that's right. I'm sorry, I'm one sorry. Of, one of the best fights. How dare I? One of I'm the, so sorry. One of the best fights in uh, UFC history. Yes, it was. And I think that Alvarez and McGregor are overshining these other two title fights. And I think Joanna John Jacek and Karolina Kovačević are going to come up and, and and bang this one out. And I think I agree with you with that. Joanna's going to get the win here. And I think it's really going to be that 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 machine that we saw in that Claudia Gadelia fight where Claudia won the first two rounds. But then Joanna did not slow down at all and just picked up the pace and just wore her down. And I think that Joanna's attrition is going to be the way that she wins this fight. If Carolina can somehow catch her in the first two rounds and, and put her down, that's the only way I see that Carolina Kovacavich wins talk this about you, you talk about Joanna's uh, forward pressure. Carolina would be able to use that to angle out and utilize her counters because that's something that she is very good at. That's mm-hmm. where her high percentage of strikes comes from. Another another uh, X factor to factor in, if you will, Joanna Janjacek is training at American Top Team and, every, Changed it mid, and, yeah. and everybody is saying that this is the greatest thing, that this is very, that this is is a very uh, big step for Joanna Jacek. Mm-hmm. It's a very good thing. I would kind of feel that this is a double-edged sword because of the fact that yes, she's training. She's training with high-level guys like Mike Brown, and she's getting a she's getting a lot of she's getting a lot of new advice. However, when you're when you're in your corner in the middle of the fight and you're with a corner who hasn't been with you for so many fights. It is kind of it's it's kind of frustrating. It it, it gets kind of annoying. It, it's it's a struggle. So it's another X factor to factor in. I believe. I I, I feel that um, Carolina. She 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 has her own coaches since uh, day one. Pretty much. She's mm-hmm. got her original camp from Poland here in MSG. So this is going to be very interesting. It um it's very interesting strategies playing out here. So we'll and, see. We'll uh, see. We'll see what Joanna shows up. But I, I think she's going to retain her title. And we have to mention early on uh, in their careers that Joanna does have a win over Carolina in their amateur uh, in their amateur fighting career. Joanna did choke her out. Uh, I think it was in round one back in their amateur career. So Joanna does have a win over Carolina, and I think that I, I agree with you that that might be a huge difference here, and that the first two rounds are very open for anyone to win because Carolina might be able to really get Joanna off balance, and then the coaches will not be able to help Joanna. But I think that Joanna's just such a smart fighter in general that she won't really need to rely on her coaches that much. Right. I, I think I think they'll be able to assess and and, and really tell her what to change uh, after rounds. But I think during the fight, I think she has so much uh, such a high IQ. Not to not to say that her move from to, from America uh, oh, yeah, to no, American it, top team, excuse me. She went to one of the best camps. Yeah. Right. She went to one of the best camps. But still, it's 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 it, you know people have said that it takes two or three fights to really get used to your ca- used to your new camp and, right and your coaches yeah and the and different voices around so so I, th- I think it's gonna be a definitely interesting fight this is my pick for fight of the night i know it's danny's pick of fight of the night we're both taking you on a john jake check to retain but i think carolina kovakevich and Joanna are going to put on a show that msg is not expecting but let's move on now to the co-main event the welterweight title fight between tyrone woodley and stephen wonderboy thompson who do you like in this fight and why? You know what? Style-wise, I like Thompson, but personally, Tyrell Woodley's not getting any love. He's the underdog, and he's the champion. Mm-hmm. He was um, in the open workouts, and he was uh, he was showing off in front of the crowd, and he went up with, to the microphone to the crowd, and he kept asking the crowd, who's got my back? And the crowd chanted, Wonder Boy. <laughs> yeah. And he asked again, who's got my back? The crowd chanted again. 
Wonder Boy. He just turned around and said, and still, and walked off. So he's not getting any love from anybody. But well, you're getting love from me, Tyrone Woodley. If you're, if you're listening to this, you're getting some love from me. Uh, Steven Wonderboy Thompson, he's a very dynamic striker. No doubt about it. He can do it all standing up. And he's ever improving on mm-hmm. his wrestling and his grappling because of the fact that he's training with former UFC middleweight champion Chris Weidman, who's a huge middleweight. We didn't discuss that. Rio Romero is short and stocky, but Chris Weidman, when he's not cutting weights, he's ginormous middleweight. Mm-hmm. It's a big middleweight. That's a big guy to keep pushing off of you when you're trying to get off and kicks and strikes at awkward angles, just like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's been doing since he was a baby. 57-0 and 0 in kickboxing. It's just it's amazing. It's amazing what he can do with this level. Tyrone Woodley's got that powerful wrestling. He's very powerful with his hands as well. He knocked out the unknockoutable <laughs> uh, Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler. Yep. Excuse me, in the first round and just 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 took over Robbie Lawler with one punch, changed the course of the welterweight of the welterweight uh division and just now he's the king. Now he's the man. If Tyrone Woodley wants to be successful in this fight, he's got to utilize that in-your-face wrestling style. He's got to use his explosivity um, in this fight, throughout this fight, to get it done against someone like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson because someone like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson needs to utilize that distance to get off on those strikes, get off on those kicks and those straight punches. Um, Tyrone Woodley would need, would needs to stay in Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's face. He's got to utilize that wrestling, utilize that boxing, stay in close, suffocate uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's muscles with those knees and elbows. But I've, this is a five-round fight. We talked about this five-round fight. I feel like all those muscles are going to burn out in the later rounds if he doesn't pace himself correctly. Or doesn't knock him out early. Yeah. Right. And that being said, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson can finish it whenever he wants to, however he wants to, standing up. That's why I'm picking Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. The thing is is that Stephen Thompson is coming off of a win against Rory McDonald, and the way that he did that was spacing. Rory did have the right game plan to beat uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, yes, but he, he was, did. He but was he, he wasn't able to capitalize at all, and he wasn't able to take him down because of the spacing that Stephen Wonderboy. Uh, and he tried, he tried, but mm-hmm. he was too far away from the shot, and he was trying to utilize this ankle, an- a- ankle, ankle pick or ankle leg lock. Excuse and, yeah, me, he, leg lock. And he, did, he, he did a rolling one as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, is that's that, a Marcin Held type move where he rolls into the leg lock and takes you down. He tried to do that against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah, and that's the thing is he creates so much uh, weird space and. And weird angles where he's still in range, but he's completely out of your range. And, and the thing with Woodley is is that it's been a, a problem his whole career was actual uh, stamina, and we saw that in the actual fight that he had against Rory McDonald. And I think that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is going to put too many too ma- too many you know disadvantages to Woodley. I think Woodley definitely has the more power to knock him out. I think I think that counter wise and boxing wise, Tyrone Woodley's Tyron, a Woodley, physical yeah. specimen. I, he's a monster. He's a linebacker. Out there. Yes, he's he a is. linebacker. Uh, and I think I think Woodley definitely has the power to knock him out, but I just think that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson isn't going to give him that angle to do it, and he won't give him that uh, that, that that shot that Robbie Lawler gave. What's interesting uh, about this, Tyron Woodley? Excuse me. I, um, what's interesting about this fight too is that Stephen Wonderboy Thompson can switch stances and mm-hmm. fight both orthodox and southpaw. Tyron Woodley can too, but that's usually for his wrestling. Because when wrestlers when wrestlers like to shoot, they usually put their dominant hand in front, so their lead foot is in front, and they shoot off their lead their lead leg their most powerful leg their dominant leg to get in on to get in deep on a double leg takedown Mm -hmm. and that's something that tyron woodley's known for he's the type of explosive wrestler who could just be at one side of the octagon and then shoot in for a takedown and have you up against the cajun on your butt 
That's yeah. just the type of explosive uh, wrestling that he has. Not when he fought Johnny Hendricks. Not yeah. when Steve Wonderboy Thompson fought Johnny Hendricks. But, that's a different type of style wrestling. But how quick Steve Wonderboy Thompson is. That's that's the one thing, though. Yes. Because if Woodley goes in, Wonderboy has ridiculous reflexes. And he has just has those natural reflexes where he's able to where, where he's able to find different angles. And I think that's the thing that's going to be the, be the key here. I think it's going to be a decision. I think Wonderboy's going to win. And, and I think that... The, the big thing here is also the fact that you brought up that he can switch stances. And, and kind of like Tony Ferguson in the RDA fight, he does it very free-flowingly. He, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's natural movement, and he, he's not doing anything. It's second nature to him. It, exactly. It's second nature to him, and, and where Tyron Woodley is doing it to set something up where Stephen Wonderboy Thompson can just do it free-willingly and, free, and, and just naturally. So I think, I think Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is going to be your welterweight uh, champion here. And again, Tyron Woodley doesn't get enough respect, and if he knocks out Wonderboy Thompson. I would not be surprised, and I would not be upset. I wouldn't be surprised, but do you know what? If he knocks him out, then he most likely is going to be fighting Damian Maya, and I'll still pick Damian Maya. So Woodley, Woodley is going up against an uphill battle, but it's fun to watch. Woodley right now is the king of a murderer's row of a division mm-hmm. in the welterweight division. So, and he's beaten most of the top guys. He's knocked out Robbie Lawler. He's he's stopped Carlos Condit. So he's 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 got a lot under his belt. He did lose to Rory though. Yes, so he we'll did. See. But but if he knocks out. Or if he beats uh, Wonderboy Thompson, if he knocks him out, that's something different. But if he, if he beats Thompson, uh, then he's just got another one under his belt as well. But let's move on to the uh, main event. I don't know if you heard of this guy, Conor McGregor. He's fighting. Oh, yes, of course. Conor Ma- the notorious Conor McGregor. Who's showing up in a, in a mink fur coat uh, to, the, to the press conference, about to throw chairs at Eddie Alvarez. Uh, dedication to Joe Frazier, ladies and gentlemen, at, when he fought at MSG. He, know, he knows how to fight. I mean, he knows how to pr- promote, and he, he definitely knows how to fight as well. He's trying to become the first ever UFC champion to hold two weight class, uh, two belts, uh, and two, at, weight at, two weight classes at the same time. He's trying to become the featherweight champion and the lightweight champion. And there's been talk that he'll be dropping one of the belts after the fight. I he doesn't want to. No, he does not want to. It's not going to happen. He's Conor McGregor. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> he's gonna. He's he's gonna win this fight. And if, if he does win this fight, I'm sorry. If he does win this fight, there's talks that he's either going to face Nick Nate Diaz, uh, so for the third fight uh, between them, and that's mostly going to be for the lightweight title. What about the rematch with Aldo? Not going to happen. Uh, the, <laughs> the three names that I saw were Nate, obviously, for the third fight, Nick, which means he's going to go back up to 170 to fight Nick Diaz, or he's going to go back up to 170 to fight GSP. So oh. we'll see. Those were the three names that, uh, that were thrown out there, but. Let's talk about this title fight. We got lightweight title on the line. Eddie Alvarez, the champion, defending against Conor McGregor. For Conor, what's the way he can beat Eddie Alvarez? Eddie Alvarez is going to be in his face trying to utilize that wrestling and that boxing. And when he does that, he's very low in his stance. That that being said, Conor McGregor is going to have to utilize the center of the octagon. And if he does get put up against the cage, he's got to try and pummel and, again, utilize that footwork and get back to the center of the octagon. Um, when Eddie Alvarez does want to shoot on him or duck his head for an overhand right or for a takedown or for anything, you're going to see Conor McGregor utilize jab, uppercut, hooks, and knees. That's about it. Um when he's shooting for the takedown. Now, when Conor McGregor has space, he can do it all. He can kick, he can punch, he's got knockout power in that left hand, Um, but we're going to see if he can carry that power up here to 155 because at featherweight, he was just dropping people. He flatlined Jose Aldo in 13 seconds of the first round. He was able to drop Nate a couple times in their fights. But he didn't flatline him. He He didn't knock him out. He He dropped him. him. Mm -hmm. And that that was at 170. That was at a comfortable weight. This is also a more comfortable weight 
for Conor McGregor. Conor looks great at 155. Yes, Have you he seen does. him? I mean, he doesn't look as gaunt as he did at, at 145, where he was basically a skeleton there. He doesn't look too big at 170, where he just didn't. He didn't look muscular at 170. He just looked fat. normal. Uh, yeah, he looked normal. And I don't want to say fat. He's definitely not fat. Uh, Absolutely not. Yeah, he no, looked normal. No, but it, it, he just looked normal. Where at 155, he looks like a lean machine yes. out there. And the one thing that we He doesn't see, look too gaunt. No, he doesn't. He looks at all. good. He he looks fantastic at, at 155. Uh, and and Alvarez do, does too. But we've seen Alvarez at 155. And the one thing that you know was really telling was in the first fight that um, Eddie had in the UFC after coming over from Bellator was against Donald Cerrone. Mm-hmm. And the way Cerrone, Cerrone won that was a lot of pressure. And, and the one thing with McGregor, he is, just chopped him down with leg kicks. Yeah. And, and the one thing that with McGregor is we've seen him throw leg kicks against that Nate, Nate in that Nate fight. But outside of that, he does not use kicks. He does not. He, uh, he doesn't like to kicks. utilize yeah. leg kick. He doesn't like to utilize so, the low kick. The, the one thing, though, is I think Connor will be able to space it because he's got he's got the reach advantage. He's got a fairly decent reach advantage. His five-inch reach advantage here. So I think that Connor will definitely be able to keep Eddie at distance from taking him down, but that's the one thing that we haven't really seen is Connor be taken down. And we saw it one time with the, the in the Nate fight and Chad Nate Mendes. Was able, Nate was to be able to I don't think did Chad take him down? Yes. Chad took him down twice. And took him down twice. So obviously that's uh, And he uh, kept him down there. He beat him up. He actually uh See, Chad Mendes actually cut Conor McGregor over, uh, I, I believe, always, his left eye with an elbow I always in the for, ground and pound. I always forget about that fight. Because I just, you remember the finish. I just remember the finish, and that that's one of my favorite finishes, where he just backs him up and Chad <laughs> kick, Mendes is kick, going. jab, cross, drops yeah. him right up against the cage. So, I mean, Eddie, Eddie, if he takes him down, he's definitely going to win it. But I think I think that Conor's just going to be able to space it, and I, I think that that's the way that Conor's going to win, with, with heavy pressure and, and spacing, and then he'll be able to open it up because he'll catch him with a hook or he'll catch him with an uppercut, and then Eddie will be starting to go back, and that's where Connor will just attack. This is a very difficult fight for me to pick a fighter it's in this one. It's going to be a great fight. Because of the fact that Eddie Alvarez has been a champion in every division that he's competed in, and that includes the UFC lightweight championship that he's defending. He's got, he's got, he's, he can do it all. He's mm-hmm. got great wrestling. He's got good submissions. He's got a very nasty rear naked choke. He's got very heavy hands. He's got uh, very good boxing skills. He does get hit a lot, actually, and so does Conor McGregor. Both of these guys, their striking defense isn't always there. It's not the best, but where they where they truly shine is how accurate they are with their strikes. Eddie Alvarez won the lightweight title by tagging RDA and rocking him and knocking him down and knocking him out and utilizing it took him that a minute to in finish your it, face yeah. dog-like mm-hmm. monstrous pressure that Eddie Alvarez has. He's got a very good chin, too. Uh Donald Cowboy Cerrone was not able to finish Eddie Alvarez because of how tough he is. This is a five-round fight. This is one of three. This is the one of three five-round fights. This is a very hard fight for me to pick. I'm going to pick Eddie Alvarez. Really? Yes, I am. I'm going to pick Eddie Alvarez. I think his heavy hands and his wrestling are going to get it done. I think he's going to take Conor to the later rounds, and we've seen Conor fade in the later rounds when he fought Nate Diaz. We have. So we're going to see. I'm picking Eddie Alvarez. I'm picking Eddie Alvarez. I feel like I feel like Eddie Alvarez is going to be too big and too strong for him and I feel like even even if Connor lands that left hand, Alvarez is uh, Alvarez is going to take it and use his forward pressure and just take him down and beat him up. Last time Eddie Alvarez was knocked out was April 14th, 2007 against Nick Thompson in his 11th fight in his career. 
Um, the last time he lost to was obviously Donald Cerrone back in 2014 in his UFC de- debut. But the one thing you brought up was was Connor's stamina and that, that we've seen him fade. Um, but we saw him fade at 170. Yes. And I want to see if he fades at all at 155. 155. So I, I don't think he'll – I think he'll be able to have more stamina here because he he, he didn't have I – mean, he, he dealt with a weight cut here. When you cut weight, you do add cardio to yeah. to your body. You, you're, 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 you give your body more stamina when you cut weight, especially when you do it correctly. And him at 155, like we said, he just, it's not at 145 oh, where he looks, he looks gaunt. And he looks lo- like Skeletor. He looks fantastic at 155. So that's the one thing that's giving me pressure. And, and the one thing that we've seen in Connor's career is whenever he makes a, a new appearance at a, at a weight class – he loses. He, he uh, the first time at 170, he lost to Nate Diaz. The first time at 145, way back early in his career, he lost to I believe Joe Duffy, a uh, former UFC fighter. Uh, and, and I think the first time he ever fought at, uh, at, well, I'm sorry, yeah, the first time he fought at lightweight, he lost to Joseph Duffy. And the first time he fought at uh, featherweight, he lost to Artem Stiekakov back in 2008. So uh, he, we, we've seen him make debuts and lose. But he isn't making his first ever fight. This isn't his first ever fight at lightweight. So no. I think I think that Connor knows his body, even though it's been a while since he's fought at lightweight. The last time he fought at lightweight was back in 2011. But, but his last two fights weren't at 145. I th- I it's this it's it's a difficult one. It is. It's a, it's a difficult one, and I I think I'm gonna pick Connor just because I have the natural affinity to go to Connor because I like Connor. Um, Everybody likes Connor. I like Connor. It's it's hard not to like him. You can hate him as you can think he's obnoxious, but you can't dislike Connor. He's so entertaining, and and I think that the, for the sport, it's better if he if he wins, just because <laughs> it's gonna push UFC over the edge. Yes, it is, and, and and that's that's the one thing is that if he loses, I don't think the UFC takes a step back, but then there's less ways to go with Connor's career because he'll have to defend the 145 belt if he loses. I'm pretty sure. So. I, I think if you give him two belts and, and you give him that firepower, he's going to be in stop or unstoppable. And I think that Connor is so motivated in this fight. I think that his reach advantage and I think that his ability to catch Eddie with an uppercut, where Eddie comes down for for a takedown and he goes right up the middle with an uppercut. It's going to be a second round finish, I believe, in Mystic Mac. I think he called the second round knockout. <laughs> first I, round knockout he called, but oh, uh, first round. So I, I don't believe him fully, but I think he's going to knock him out. <laughs> I think it's going to be a second-round knockout. I think Eddie's going to go shoot for a takedown, and Connor's going to catch him right up in the middle with an uppercut. But we are disagreeing on the McGregor fight. We are agreeing on the Woodley fight. We are agreeing on the Jonas and Jacek fight. We are disagreeing on the Weidman fight. You're picking Yoel Romero. I'm picking Chris Weidman. Uh, we're both picking Misha Tate. We're both picking Frankie Edgar. We are both picking Khabib, Khabib Nurmagomedov. We're both picking Hafiel Natal. Uh, we're both picking Bilal Muhammad. Uh, we are not picking the same fighter uh, for Jim Miller and Tiago Alves. You're picking Jim Miller. I'm t- taking Tiago Alves. You are? I thought you were taking Jim Miller. It sounded like you were taking. I'm Jim picking Miller. Tiago Alves. Okay. I, I think I think the guy who who missed weight is gonna is gonna win. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we were both ki- picking Caitlin Chikugian. So we do have a little bit of a difference here, but we do kind of see it playing out the same way. But the thing we know is that this is the biggest fight card. In the UFC most explosive history. fight card in UFC history, and, I I would argue, and the biggest. It's it, it's the first time in, in Madison Square Garden. They need to make a huge statement. First time in New York in a very long time. How do you make a statement? You use Conor McGregor, and Conor McGregor gets the win. I think not that's only what's do you happen. use Conor McGregor, you use Conor McGregor in one of three title fights 
That's over 75 minutes of fighting. It should be fun. It's going to be amazing. That's 15 rounds of nonstop blood and action, and it's going to be amazing. I, I love the fact that the UFC put this on a Madison Square Garden. I'm kind of bummed that two of the uh, that two of the bouts fell out because I really mm. wanted to see those fights in Tim Kennedy versus Rashad Evans. That would have been great. Happened in two at six. To watch Calvin Gastelum fight... Um, ever improving and a new and improved Donald Cerrone at 170 would have been amazing as well but that's okay because none of these uh, title fights got scrapped mm-hmm. thank you uh, the MMA injury bug gods thank you for not putting <laughs> cursing this card with injuries or plaguing it with injuries just thank you so much knock I, on wood I, I, lo- Danny. I, I love this card Danny, I can't wait for this tomorrow Danny it's Friday it is Friday not, knock on wood just to make sure there's uh, 24 more hours left until tomorrow hey we and know the we knew this, the weird situation with uh, Hen and Burrow slipping in the bathtub so hopefully we don't get something like that where, right. uh, where someone gets injured but we are hopeful we are excited and uh, for Danny Gutierrez, I'm Sean Anderson. This is the first time you're listening uh, to one of our uh, previews. We do these all the time. So uh, definitely come back and listen to the MMA Minutes. We love doing it. Uh, we love having Danny on. We love, we love oh, talking I love about MMAs. I love talking uh, about uh, martial arts. We love talking about MMAs. What's wrong yes, with yes. this? Yes, yes. Uh, it's been going on. It's been a long for, week, it's been, go, it's been going on for 45 minutes. <laughs> uh, but we're super excited. We need, we need the break. We need, the, we need MMA to, 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 to take our minds off of things. But if you're, this is the first time listening, thank you so much for listening. Uh, and, and we will hopefully see you guys next week.